Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome, everybody, to episode 27 of Disney Plus Reviews. I am one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and the guy who voted against Order 66. He wants everyone to make sure it's known. It's Jack Altramat. What's happening, Jack? Now more than ever, in this trying time, <laughs> we needed Order 66. 66. I almost said 67. Oh, you were in favor of Order 66. But not anymore. Okay. We're looking for Order 67. Oh, Order 67. We're restoring the 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 Jedi's. Bring the Jedi's back. We want the Jedi's back in our lives. And scene. Uh, we also have a special guest on the show this week, someone I've been wanting to get on the show for a long time. Finally, we were able to to get it lined up. Uh, One half of the PB&J podcast is Jake Wilburn. Hello, everybody. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. Oh, I love that phrase. Go Battlehawks. That could be the new thing in Star Wars. Go Battlehawks. Yeah, I'm wearing an XFL jersey. That's what uh, Jack is referencing. So many things. Yeah. XFL. And so sad the Clone Wars is over. Yeah. It is true. And that's why we're here. We're here to discuss the end of the Clone Wars. We're reviewing specifically episodes 11 and 12. That'll be the title of the episode. But I think we're just going to talk about season seven as a whole, probably overall, especially to get Jake's thoughts. And then um, I wouldn't mind just talking about Cl- Clone Wars just in general, just like the, the whole show, since it's the uh, literal sunsetting of that entire show. Uh, Dave Filoni, I'm sure, has been interviewed quite a bit. I saw a couple interviews. I haven't watched anything from him, but um, this is a big thing, a big uh, kind of... Um, you know, wrapping up of this part of his career. And obviously he's got a future career with Star Wars with Mandalorian at, at the very least. So um, he's got more to come. But um, Jake, let me get, before we get jump into the last couple episodes, I want to kind of start with you. What, since you're coming onto the show just for the first time for this season, um, you're the one, you're actually one of the ones that the people, there's like two or three people that got really got me into Clone Wars that like got me started on it. And then I watched as listeners of the show know, I binged all seven seasons basically in, in the course of the, the last few months. So I've had a lot of Star Wars on the brain and Clone Wars is just, so you know, my thoughts, Clone Wars is one of the, the greatest animated shows in history to me. Like it's, it's a top yep. top three, top five uh, of all time animated show. So I, I absolutely love it. I waited way too long to get into it. And you obviously have gushed about it for, you know, we've talked about it for hours probably. So um, what are your general thoughts on season seven, how it came to a close, um, what we've seen this season with the Bad Batch, with the Martez sisters, and then now this, this final? Yeah, so uh, I was a big fan of the Clone Wars series as a whole. Uh, I got into it a little bit late because I didn't have cable or Cartoon Network or anything. So I was watching Clone Wars uh, when Netflix was like, you know, you mail in the DVDs. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted all the, nice. they hadn't, 
it hadn't gone to Netflix yet, so and I also got to watch all of the behind the scenes stuff, and so I was watching Dave Filoni and how they were working on it, and I was and every season it just got better and better and better mm-hmm. and better. And then, of course, it the show got canceled, and they were able to release those you know few kind of lost mission episodes. Uh, I followed a little bit of the comics and kind of what happened to Darth Maul uh, oh, after yeah. the series had ended, and you last see him getting beat by Darth Sidious. So I, I watched those comics, and I was like, man, I wish it would come back. Disney bought it. Still nothing happened. And then when it was like, okay, season seven is going to happen, I was super, super stoked that they were going to be able to wrap this up. Because that's what everybody wanted to see was how Clone Wars led up to Revenge of the Sith. Mm. And, of course, what we get in the final arc of the seventh season is events running parallel to the events in Revenge of the Sith. Really well which Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I know a lot of people no, poo-poo I, the I prequels. It. I think it was yeah. great. But then... What the Clone Wars series as a whole really offers is it makes the prequel movies, especially episodes two and three, much more rich. Now, it kind of stinks that you almost have to watch, you know, a seven season show Mm -hmm. to, you know, really appreciate, I think, what George Lucas was going for in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but man, it makes it just so much better. And then with this arc at the Siege of Mandalore and these you know last four episodes, there are parts that because I went, of course, I've watched these these episodes multiple times, and then I've watched this past week Revenge of the Sith again. That you have stuff running parallel, and you'll watch a scene in Revenge of the Sith, and then it will pan away in the movie. But in the Siege of Mandalore, this the scene continues, yeah. you know, or you get more content. And I'm like. This is so great because, you know, at some point you're like, okay, the prequels is kind of a dead era, right? You're like, Disney's not really going to do anything with that. They're focused on the sequel trilogy, and even The Mandalorian is post-Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been so rewarding. And this, um, this final arc has been some of the best Star Wars that, I mean, I've experienced in... Well, since earlier seasons of the Clone Wars, I mean, it's just so good. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too deep into criticisms of the sequel trilogy, but even just this arc, this four episode arc was better than all three of the sequel movies, in my opinion. It was just so well done. And you were mentioning Dave Filoni. One of the things I like about Dave Filoni, and it really comes out in his interviews and then even when other people speak about him, is he really cares about the lore. I mean, and he uh, really also kind of like, uh, you'll hear him be like, well, this is what George would want. This is what George Lucas would do. And he just really embraced that role of... I am learning from George Lucas. I and cool. you know if he uh, challenges me to do something, then I'm going to do it. And you can really tell all those years of skill and learning, and of course now Disney's budget, you know yeah. that they've got behind them <laughs> yeah. for this last scene. Mm-hmm. They treated the Siege of Mandalore arc like a big budget film. Yeah, cool. I Great. mean just the way they did the you know uh, the angles, the way they did the story. I mean you can tell that just so much care was put into this arc and you know there's petitions online asking for it to be released in theaters because and wow. I th- oh I think that would be fantastic. Just I mean the I last would four go. episodes. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, for this now I know that it would probably have to be one of those limited like 
you know, like they did when they released the Killing Joke for Batman. You know, it's like you you might only get a one or two night you know thing, and mm-hmm. then see if it expands from there. But honestly, I so good. I, I I mean, I could change my mind on this if it actually comes out, but like just depending on the state of the world. But like, I honestly would probably go watch that. Yeah, it would be theaters. good. Oh I, my gosh, see it yes. in a big theater, like sure. with, with that audio. But I mean, just the you know the fact that they brought in uh, Ray Park, who's the original Darth Maul from yep. Episode One, and did the motion uh, capture, and just so. They have put so much thought and attention to uh, how this was going to go. And there was even a uh, Ahsoka novel that was released that kind of told her story during post uh, during and post Order 66. And they still told this story without, you know, retconning all that stuff. And it's wow. just like, and so that just tells you the amount of uh, d- attention to detail that Dave Filoni especially puts into the Clone Wars. And that's what you know, deep, there are, trust me, there are people that are way deeper Star Wars nerds than me, but I'm probably just a little bit nerdier about the lore than most normal, you know, casual watchers. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's what I can really respect because when I watch some of the stuff in the sequel trilogy, I'm like, are you just making this up as you go along? I feel like you kind of are. You know, (laughs) whereas in the Clone Wars, I'm like, okay, we are solidly like respecting the universe and adding to it in a really rewarding way. Yeah, I have so much respect for Dave, Dave Filoni, which is why, honestly, the Marta sisters, uh, you know, those four episodes, that story arc, I think really confused me because I like I was hoping for uh, bat, what we got in the Bad Batch in these last four episodes with Mandalore and Maul and, and everything and really leading up to Darth Vader. Um, I thought that was going to be the whole season and that, that middle story arc uh, was such a... a a dip like it was such a valley for me as far as like it was like filler i mean sure. it was yeah. like this weird like what in a 12 episode thing why would you and, uh, spend four he, of them doing this hearing what you said about the lore and about his love for george and like how he he w- just wants to do what george lucas would would have done and, and that kind of stuff I, b- I believe all of it like I, he is he is a mastermind when it comes to star wars storytelling and how to take all these different characters and bring them into something that's that is not just cohesive with who they are as a character, but also all the other different events that can, imagine trying to keep all of the timeline of everything that's ever happened in star Wars in your brain at one time. Like to think about that book and that comic and that TV show and that movie and like, and not write any dialogue that's going to, you know, <laughs> sub, subvert or oh, yeah. contradict anything. Sure, sure. And he's, he's a master at it. I mean, I, I, I've, I agree with you like this, the last four episodes, particularly, although I really like the first four episodes too, have been, I think, some of the best Clone Wars that we've ever gotten. Um, yeah, some I'll, of the best Star Wars that. Oh yeah. I mean, just in period, and I wouldn't be afraid to somebody who's never watched the Clone Wars, and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to show you the Siege of Mandalore. Here's a here's a super brief backstory about who Ahsoka Tano is, because if you've not watched the Clone Wars or Rebels, you wouldn't know. It's like, okay, Anakin's Padawan. Here's a super brief, but just watch this because this yeah. is just so it's so awesome. And I I know we're here to talk about the the last. Uh, two episodes in the arc. Can I can I say something about the arc with the sisters? Absolutely. Okay. So the so the bad batch was basically almost completed when the the Clone Wars was canceled, right? right? So they are like, all right, we've pretty much already got this. Let's you know, it's that's low hanging fruit to to clean up the CG right. and throw it out there, and it's a decent storyline, and it also kind of shows you know Anakin having some you know yellow eyed moments, right, when he kills <laughs> that big spider dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the second arc. In my opinion, if you would have... Yes, they could have made different choices, but if you would have just shown Ahsoka Tano at the beginning of the Siege of Mandalore without giving her a little bit 
of room to breathe from the time that she left the Jedi Order, right? Because we have mm-hmm. Rebels, so we know what happens, you know, after the Empire rises. But we hadn't seen her since she said, okay, I'm done with the Jedi Order and I'm walking away. So you, and I think it was a good idea to give that character a little bit of breathing room before you, because the Siege of Mandalore, I mean, is a... I mean, it starts going at a good pace. Things really start happening. Yeah. And yes, it it wasn't the great. I did not fall in love with those two characters of the sisters. Um, but I mean, it shows that Darth Maul, even after uh, getting his butt kicked by Sidious, still has somewhat of a grip on some of the crime bosses in the universe. Uh, it gives Ahsoka Tano a chance to talk to some characters who, you know, view the Jedi in a negative light. I mean, these are people several levels down in Coruscant, so, mm-hmm. you know, their class is lower, and she's like, okay, this is how other people have to live, and their parents were killed by the Jedi, and the Jedi didn't give a crap, and so it it kind of uh, just validates where her character is at by the time that it gets to the Siege of Mandalore. So it's not something I'm going to rewatch unless I'm just rewatching all of the Clone Wars again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great, but do I think it was just totally throwaway or, or you know filler, as you said? I think it's a little more valuable than that because it does set the stage uh, for the Siege of Mandalore. I think they could have done better because they could have literally done any other plot line. Yeah. Um, it also, you know, in books or whatever it do- also gives ahsoka a place to hide <laughs> because order yeah. 66 happens and then when she leaves the sister she's like oh you just hang on to the bike because i might be back and <laughs> this is like eight levels down in right. the coruscant core so it does give her a place to hide out until she can get the rebel cells going or whatever but um i think where yeah. we landed on it was um that i didn't mind seeing ahsoka before the siege of mandalore i i did want to see i i, I I loved seeing Ahsoka for eight episodes. I thought we were only going to get her for like maybe a third of the season. The fact that we got her for a full two thirds was awesome. Um, I think where I landed is like, yes, I wanted to see kind of where she's at, where she's been all this time. I kind of want to see her as a non Jedi, like not using her powers um, except for, you know, like in um, private, like sessions away from like, you know, prying eyes and stuff like that. But I, I think where I landed was like, I just wanted to see her do, um, like almost like a like Jedi without the name and on some other planet. I didn't even want it to be on Coruscant. Like I wanted to see her on some other planet in the galaxy, some unknown planet outer rim and, you know, secret in secret becoming like being of that Jedi hero, saving some race from, you know, whatever oppression is going on. We have that thought that you and I had talked about, Oh, well, what could happen with Ahsoka now? I mean, we know she's coming back. Like it surely won't be, around anyone else we know and it'll probably be out and away and that's why I felt I was disappointed whenever it was like on Coruscant in a garage. So I think I, I think I agree with everything that you said. I just I think they they could have done they could have accomplished all those tasks but had a more enticing story, I think. Um, sure. But well and uh, you know, George Lucas has said Star Wars is kind of like poetry, right? Things rhyme and there's reoccurring themes across the series. And it, it, yes, it is different, but in a way, you look at something like The Last Jedi, where Luke Skywalker, you know, gets disenfranchised with all these, like, all right, screw this, I'm going out on an island by myself. And then, you know, through the course of certain events, realizes that, well, I, I can't just not help, right? And so mm. I feel like that was a similar story arc with Ahsoka, oh, yeah. where she rides away on her speed bike and is like, you know what? I'm just going to go find a place to hide out. She finds some sisters and she's like, all right, I'll be a mechanic and just hang out. But then, you know, huh. they get involved into trouble and she's, and by the end of that arc, she realizes, 
I am not the type of person, like, I want to help people. I can't, even though I'm not a Jedi anymore and I don't really want to be, I see what's wrong with the Order, same like Luke did in The Last Jedi. Um, I can't not help when people need my help. Right. And so the Mandalorians, you know, come to her and are like, hey, you know, can you do this? Because we can't really ask the Republic for help. We can't really ask the Jedi directly for help. We need somebody who's kind of in between. And that... By that point in the arc, she's like, well, because I feel like if they would have come to her initially, at, you know, she's speeding off out of the speed yeah. bike. The, the, the storyline with the sisters never happens. Yeah. And the Mandalorians just fly in and go, come to Mandalore and help us. She would have been like, yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm doing done that. Yeah, that. I'm not yeah, done. That part of this. my life is done. Sure. Yeah. So, again, it could have been it needed. A, it, it could have had a better arc, to tie but, together. I think I yeah. feel like, though, for me, I'm just me. We all have opinions. So, like, for me, if they could have just taken her from hey, help, my sister is in a, a drug deal gone bad <laughs> can you can you help me yeah, i yeah. know you from the you know previous episodes of this show this, never mind i just break, don't think the sisters were likable characters no and i, right. I felt like the voice acting was really weird like the voice acting at times took me so far out of the character where like the one one of them the older one was like reading it off of like the script like it was really weird. Like it was very broken up. Like the sentences were fragmented at times. I'm like, what I, am I missing here? I think for me that the overall, that because there were were things I liked about it, and you literally touched on everything that I yeah, liked about yeah. it. That there are things to like. Um, for me, I think as far as the dialogue goes, and I keep coming back to the dialogue of those episodes, it is literally the same tension um, of like, hey, you know, you're just here to use my sister or, um, you know, hey, you need to back off and, you know, let your sister not become part of this crime family or whatever, this crime thing that you have going on. Like it was literally the same tension in episode five as episode six as episode seven. Oh, the arc could have been better. Eight. There's no doubt. Yeah. Like it was literally the same story four times. In the, yeah, prison yeah. Line, and, in the prison life episode where they, start in prison and end in prison like I was like and I, I, if we yeah. can what was that like, if we saw anything from episodes 1 through 4 and episodes 9 through 12 is that they can do a four episode story arc and have like three different sections of tension like there's tension 1 there's tension 2 there's tension 3 over the course of four episodes we didn't get that through 5 through 8 like it was literally yeah. the same the same plot I mean, here's the thing. It felt like Clone Wars, right? And it it was. And that arc could have basically been under just, you know, slightly different story tweaks, could have been in any other season. It didn't feel out of place. And in a 24 episode season. Yes. But when you're looking at like. Learn four on that. Who cares? Right. So, but you're looking at 12 episodes of something that you've resurrected. There's only so much real estate. So, how wise are you going to be with what few episodes you have? Yeah. And, you know, sure, that I. They, they could have made different it's and weird. better choices for sure. Yeah. I think they could have done it in this is maybe not popular with everyone that's listening, but I think they could have done it in a single episode. I, I think like just episode yeah. five could have been the yeah, whole one or test. two episodes. For, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They did stretch it out a little bit long, but man, the, the final payoff with the siege of Mandalore. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's almost like I, I almost forgot that those episodes happened yeah, just because the, the siege thing. of Mandalore was just so epic yeah. that it's like, okay, I don't really care like about all that. I just don't like it. It didn't, the this the seventh season was for that arc was for the last four episodes. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, so and it, it, do you want to talk about the siege a little bit? Because the yeah. episodes nine and ten we've already covered, but we haven't got your thoughts on it. So what what stands out to you about those episodes? Obviously, Maul is a big part of it. Yeah, I think it was smart to uh, you know the siege of Mandalore has been referenced in you know Star Wars lore before, but never really you know shown the circumstances around it using Mandalore was also just smart from a marketing standpoint because 
people really like the Mandalorian mm-hmm. show, and just even before that, Boba Fett's been a you know popular character, and so it was smart to to tie it into Mandalore. Um, I also like Darth Maul, and I've liked yeah. his his arc. You know, it it stinks that he got his little part in Episode One, and everything else has been tied between <laughs> you know cartoons and comics and whatever. So the fact that Darth Maul is involved. Ahsoka Tano is involved. Mandalores are, you know, Mandalorians are involved. Like all of these things are, t- you know, the fall of Anakin Skywalker. Ha- there's just so much that you love about Star Wars. That's all happening, like in a big condensed ball of action, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, and even the stuff with the clones. And one of the things I've liked about the Clone Wars is that it, it has it humanized them yeah. and kind of shown, you know, like, well, and they talk about it in during the arc where it's like Ahsoka's going all, you know, the Jedi were supposed to be peacekeepers, but all I've ever been is a soldier. And Rex is like, well, if it wasn't for this war, I wouldn't even exist. Like, we, <laughs> we want this war to end, but, like, it's why I was created. So it's, I, I've really liked that element. And then, of course, when... Um, Order 66 happens, which in, I always thought in Revenge of the Sith, it was kind of rushed. Like the, in, the, the last, you know, fourth of Revenge of the Sith where, you know, once Anakin's like, all right, I submit to you. It's like, you're watching everything in fast forward. I mean, it just yeah. happens so quickly. Yeah. And I felt like, um, with this expanding on the story, it really helped that. And then that, that moment where Rex and Ahsoka are talking and this is in the second to last episode and, you know, and they, they're kind of talking about the war and just their relationship and they've captured Maul and it kind of looks like everything's on the down, you know, downslide. And then she feels Anakin like you, and you get the voiceovers, uh, which it was, uh, Matt Lantern. I think that's, that's how you say his last name. I think, uh, doing the lines that Hayden Christensen did in return of the Jedi and Ahsoka like feels like, Oh crap. Like what's going on with Anakin, but she still can't believe it. Right. Like yeah, yeah. Maul tried to tell her basically Anakin was going to turn the dark side. And she's like, you, you lie, you know? So, and then, okay. So then they go, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to this, uh, briefing. And she's like, nah, you go. It's probably more good news. Cause things are going so well. And Grievous is dead. Dooku's dead. Like, you know, but we know, and, and the first two episodes, Order 66 is just hanging like this dark cloud, right? Like, you don't know where in the arc it's going to happen, right. but you everyone's, Maul knows it, you know it, and it's just this tension of like, oh, dude, like, it's gonna, ha-. and I mean, I haven't been that, like, in a good way, oh, like, yeah. stressed out, like, feeling that tension of just when it's going to happen. I, like you said earlier, I wasn't sure we were even going to get Order 66 in the like I thought maybe uh-huh. this would just like lead right up to the events yeah but um but it, like you said it happens in tandem it's it's simultaneous to the events of Revenge of the Sith which I also re- recently rewatched I, I yeah. watched it a few weeks ago um and the the fact that we got to and we talked about Jack and I talked about this on our uh, two weeks ago episode of like the fact that we are getting the supercut so a fan out there right now, 10 fans out there right now are making a supercut of, of the clone wars season seven, these four episodes and revenge of the Sith. Right. So you can just watch everything in like a four hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know? but how bum would like, would you have been, had they not done order 66, like on screen and it been like, like they end with, you know, Ahsoka with like, Oh, Rex, you clones have always got our back. Then <laughs> <laughs> and then we walk off into the I would sunset. not have been satisfied with that. And I, I was like, no. Mad. I knew by the, like, when I watched the second episode, I'm like, okay, Order 66 is going to happen on screen. Yeah. And when it finally does, and you can see Rex, like, he's shaking his helmet and he drops it. And yeah. he has those, like, last few seconds where he's, like, resisting and tells her to, like, look up. 
fives, you know, who in a prior season had kind of discovered the chip and everybody thought he was crazy. And yeah. so I thought that was, you know, it's a good payoff for people who have actually watched, you know, the show and oh, were yeah. like paying attention to it and stuff. And well, when you, so well, executed. when you first said, said like fi- fives, fine fives, I was just like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is going to get crazy. Cause I remember everything that we'd been talking about from season six and how fives had, had, had done all that. And basically you could see the internal struggle, even though he's got his, his helmet on the internal struggle of, of I have to kill you, but at the same time I want you to live. Like it's, you can see the transition happening in real time. And then him saying like, Hey, the only way that we're going to get out, all get out of this or any of us is going to get out of this um, and avoid the, tra- the tragedy of Order 66 is fives. Like we have to get that data and figure out what is going on and to watch Ahsoka go through because she was not present for any, that was all season six. She was gone. Like she, she she's literally f- figuring this out for the first time. Right. And like to see her the, in her eyes that all the animation is so perfect, but like just the revelation of like what it, th- this has been long. Like she, she, she's rattling through like years of information in about, 30 seconds and is figuring out that no, this was always the plan from the very beginning that Palpatine has been, been behind this whole thing. And you know, this got programmed, you know, years, al- years, years, and years, years ago. And yeah. this has always been the plan from the very beginning. And, and we're just now watching it. Yeah. So like it, to use Ahsoka as the centerpiece for all of this revelation was perfect. The other thing is like the use awesome. of Darth Maul, the way they used him. I mean, one, he's giving information about, Anakin. Yep. He's giving information about this whole plot. He's then showing like emotion of him being used the way he was used because that's how he feels. Yeah. And like, that's what drives him every day to basically kill the Emperor at some point down the road. And then then Ahsoka uses him to as a distraction, as a yeah, diversion. Yeah, and that scene, by the way, it's where smart. she, I really liked it, where she goes and makes the decision to free Darth Maul, which, of course, has major consequences through, <laughs> you know, the rest of yeah. his life. But she goes and frees him, and he's like, oh, sweet, let's team up. I knew you, you know, I yeah. knew that this is what so would happen. Good. And she's like, uh, no, no. <laughs> that's not why I'm here. Right. Like, I hope you die, go. You know, and he's like, aren't you even going to give me, you know, a fighting chance? Like, hey, can you give me a lightsaber? And she's like, Pfft. No, I don't want you to live. Like, I just, I'm not rooting for you, dude. I literally yeah. am doing this out of yeah. absolute necessity. And then his hallway scene, you know, similar to the dude, scene it, in Rogue One. It was unbelievable. Yes, and we, we unbelievable. Just, and it was so violent. We yeah. just talked about, it was, we, we just talked about Rogue One on last week's episode. Episodes, uh, uh, the last episode of our show was all about Rogue One. And we talked about that scene for a good three or four minutes. And it took me right back to that scene when I saw that. Yeah. Uh, when he just mow through dudes. Like, yeah, he's awesome. just mowing through clones and like decapitating them. And yeah. ca- oh, it was it was it, honestly it was, awesome. it was really violent. Now that I think it was it, a vi- yeah. yeah, and that guy's arm gets cut off. Yeah, so you know he steals his little communicator uh, device. But the mall stuff was, and then of course in the following episode, in the final episode where he destroys the hyperdrive room. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Have, I don't, have either of you ever played the uh, Force Unleashed games? I have. It reminded me a lot of the powers that uh, Star Killer had in yeah. that game, where he's just like you know taking these humongous stuff and just you know crushing it yeah. but seeing malls it really displayed a lot of malls power because you a lot of mall stuff you see in his acrobatics yeah yeah uh you know and of course he can force choke and stuff but this really kind of expanded on like wow okay maul is a pretty he's, powerful dark side user he, he's on and you know he um in the previous episodes he kind of was talking about how he always wanted to be that vader character for yeah. palpatine like he was originally his apprentice and then it got cast cast away and all that kind of stuff and so like and he always believed that he could that he could had he not been cast out he could have actually fulfilled all the duties 
necessary to, to be that that role and in this episode i was like yeah he yeah. absolutely could have like he's he's vader like as far as his powers so he's even more agile than vader yeah i yeah. you know i don't know i think and i don't i don't know how much down this rabbit trail of uh vader versus maul you want to go but i maul is too um you know he's more of like a sith assassin you know it's like he can definitely go and like kill people yeah but he's not vader is at least a little more um focused and calculated and like thinks thinks things through whereas maul is just more like rage and you know is is much more, is angered easily but um but anyway I, I agree i think that's why it makes more sense for him to be like a super crime lord than it yes does. but yeah. right yes two things i'll, I'll Eat that mic a little bit. Maul is less hampered by, you know, having his arms and arms cut off and then himself burnt to death almost <laughs> like Vader is. And then one word, though, that evens it out for Vader, midichlorians. <laughs> well, no, I mean, okay, if you're, we're going to go into, let's go a little deeper into lore if that's okay. Phil. I would yes. actually, I actually think, I believe one-on-one, I think Maul would beat Vader. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't know about no that. No way. Okay, so yes, Minicor is this. yes. I mean, Continue. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> All right, go ahead. And go ahead, guys. Yes, you do have Minicorian. So a little bit of background on Vader's suit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Vader's suit was obsolete before it even got put on him. Okay. So the suit that Vader wears is intentionally uncomfortable. Like there are other. Uh, if Palpatine really wanted to, he could take more measures to try to heal Vader or give him a suit that would be like more comfortable. But Palpatine issues Anakin that suit because every time he feels how uncomfortable it is and how much it just gives him rage and makes him think about his failure, makes him think about how much he hates Obi-Wan and how, you know, that day in Mustafar. That's also why his castle is in Mustafar. You know, in Rogue One, you see, you know, his big thing, whatever, to remind him of his failures there and to fuel his rage and therefore increase his uh, dark side power. Sad. So it's kind of like the Michael Keaton Batman suit where he can't turn his head, you know, <laughs> so it, it, it does limit him, you know, in certain ways. But that is intentional because it makes him just more rely on his force powers rather than anything that his... Uh, body can Sad. do so that that's you know just a little more a uh, little more lore there about vader's suit also it looks intimidating you know yeah it's i mean that that has to explain you have to explain away why anakin is so athletic and agile and just like flipping around dudes and stuff like that and then you you see him in the original trilogy four five six and he's just like walking slowly down hallways and stuff like that yeah it's the suit yeah because even darth maul without any with his robot legs can still do a bicycle kick right right you know yeah 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 so that it's by uh, it, it, at least how the lore explains it, forgetting the fact that the original trilogy was made first, and then all this was added in later. Right. In real life, yeah. that's the real reason, you right, know. Right. But because we want, you know. The, but you got to flesh out the story and the but, lore yeah. and everything else. Yeah. So anyway, that's the the. I would story love to see Vader's it. A, 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 I mean, we'll never get it probably, but like a, a Vader Maul fight would be awesome because it would honestly feel a little bit like um like a Yoda Vader fight. Like Yoda is obviously not very intimidating as far as his size, but is incredibly difficult to battle as as we saw like in the prequel trilogies with dooku and stuff like that it's like just flipping around his agility the is yeah. high and but he also and his, and his force abilities his force abilities to to reflect things yeah, and to, yeah. to you know sure. throw, throw things and stuff like that so i think it would look a lot like that i think um, so i back to the siege of mandalore uh i if they're if the clone wars 
has a main character, it's Ahsoka Tano, right? Oh, like, of course, it goes all over the universe and focuses on all kinds of different characters. I but think, I think Anakin's a big part too. But sure. um, ah- Ahsoka has been the hero of the story. I think. Yes. So the fact that it was centered around where Ahsoka was during Order sixty six and how all that was handled, and that you know she was able to save at least one of the clone troopers, and it was just so well done. So well done. All the great characters were in the right place. And then in these final two episodes, you know, it opens up where she has just, you know, taken the chip out of Rex. The other clones are trying to break through the door. And it's basically two episodes of how the heck do we get out of here alive? Mm. And, you know, of course, there's some uh, good conversations between the two of them. But man, the tension of like, okay, I know Ahsoka's going to live. I know she's going to live because she's in Rebels. I know Rex is going to live. And so I was a little worried going in that I wouldn't feel that tension because it's almost like watching Revenge of the Sith. You're like, well, I know he turns into Darth Vader, so what am right. I here for? Yeah. So it's that's really hard to execute when you know the ending. Right. But that's but, what, on, the, on that Revenge of the Sith, for me, that's why I wanted to watch it. Like, the big payoff, even as bad as Phantom Menace was, and at, and Attack of the Clones wasn't a very good movie either, in my sure. opinion. But like, yeah. I knew the payoff will be we're going to see Vader, we're going to see how he becomes Vader, we're going to get to look at that. So yeah. this was how are they going to tie this up at the end? How they're going to hopefully mesh them together? That's why it was so good. And just they them together. some of the smaller details, like um, you see the clones even after they've been issued order 66 so rex takes ahsoka out because they're kind of trapped on that observation deck and they're like okay how are we going to get to the shuttle that we need Mm -hmm. and so ahsoka comes up with the idea to have rex you know take her out there as if she has surrendered and you know even then he's trying to to tell jesse He's like, look, she's not a Jedi anymore. We don't have to do this. And you can see him go, hmm. I thought I, for a second wait, there, you know, I, I don't know. I thought that might actually work. Like, yeah, she, I thought it might too. And, and she even says, like, she's like, I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I have an idea. Yeah. And so <laughs> even then, it, the clones aren't just like robots with flesh. Yeah. You know, and even after the, what they were, you know, that chip is for, they're still able to go. Uh, let me contemplate that for at least a second. Okay, no, and I'm still going to go with Order 66, and that's treason, and you yeah. know that's what we were bred for. But I liked that little touch that for a minute there he was, you know, contemplating and thinking it. But even like when they killed the droids that were helping Ahsoka, it's just that t- was like, oh man, these clones are like this yeah. sucks because this whole series we've been on their side, and now they're. I mean, those droids were yeah. cute and nice, and they <laughs> beat and, and you know, saved, and they helped. They really saved the day. They like, were good. Like she's yeah, not they did. Able to she do couldn't what do she it. Did if right, and those so droids. and so they gave their little droid lives, yeah. and the clones were one. And I was like, it that little touch just added to me instead it, of just being like, oh, they're fighting something, and there's lasers everywhere. It's yeah. like, wow, these clones really have like right. turned. Like they will kill her. Yeah. yeah, and they they there is a big turn though. I and one thing that you actually, you know, is a conversation that you and I had off air like two months ago, whatever, where we were talking about how you love like as the series progresses that they get names. Like it's it's not it's not just you know CT whatever. It's you know Rex or Fives or Jesse or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know that they call each other by those names. Like they they don't even refer to each other by their their numbers anymore. Yeah. But that changes with Order 66. I don't know if you, you caught that, but like they, they're saying, they don't say, oh, we got to find Rex. They're saying, we got to C- find CT 7627. Ah, you know what? I did not catch that. Yeah, they, they refused to call him Rex at that point. So, Interesting. They, so I agree with you. I'm not trying to contradict what you said. I'm saying there's, uh, 
there's a definitely a transition there's happening. There's a shift. Yeah, where they're even mentally they're starting to go back in their brains to no, we're just bred for war. This isn't about relationships, it's about war. You wow, know? that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So um Maul takes the ship and just basically is like, I'm out of here, no remorse. See you later. Which I think was very fitting. Yeah, for, that's what he <laughs> for, uh, that's what he does. For Maul, yeah, he's just like, Okay, you know, I'm out. But at the same time, Ahsoka knowing and she even has this conversation with Rex, Rex is like, They're gonna they're gonna kill us. And she's like, I'm not gonna be the one to kill them. Yeah. You know, set set this to st- and it's like in some ways, like Ahsoka has almost becomes like the moral compass for mm. the the Jedi and the show. And I just I thought that was very interesting how even Rex was like, we we basically we have to kill him. Like I know they're my brothers, yeah. but like right now they do not care. That that had to have been a hard decision for Rex. I can't imagine him. Like I, I wasn't sure that he was gonna gonna come to that conclusion. Like I thought he might actually kind of go with her and say, okay, yeah, let's not let's not fight these guys or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I we kind of talked about that a couple episodes ago about how um, Ahsoka. I mean, we saw this, uh, you know, obviously from five, six, seven, eight, those episodes of the season. But she is not on board with the council at all like she even sure after all this time like she hasn't changed her mind well, she, and she's just so disenfranchised by it she's just seen the inner workings of it and it's not what she signed up for originally when so. it was at the end of episode i don't know nine or it was eight or nine or somewhere in there but like they actually kind of extend oh anakin uh, sees ahsoka for the first time in you know a year or whatever it's been and he says you know hey you're you're welcome back anytime and she's she, she i mean she doesn't even think about it she just kind of very coldly just says I'm sorry. I, I'm not. That's not for me. That's not my life. Well, anymore. and even on the hologram Zoom meeting they had with the <laughs> with uh, quarantine with uh, what's his face Mace, Mace Windu, Mace Windu and yeah. the gang who's being a jerk. But even <laughs> even they're trying. She comes at it with, "I'm a citizen now. I'm not a Jedi." Yeah, yeah. And then basically, the conversation comes around to her being able to give some input. But then basically, Mace Windu's like, "Yeah, you're a citizen." So. You probably need to get out of here, I guess. Which, that's yeah. such, that right there is such a pivotal moment because right then, like, she had the information about what Darth Maul said about Anakin turning, and they had just sent Anakin to go, in Revenge of the Sith, to go to Palpatine's chambers mm-hmm. to inform him about General Grievous, which is where he reveals himself as a Sith, and it's like, if if they wouldn't have been, if Mace Windu wouldn't have been such a butthead, and there wouldn't have been this like this rub because even then Yoda like hangs back yeah and is like I feel like there's more on your mind are you sure you don't want to say anything yeah, and yeah. she's like nope and it's like that would have changed the whole course of history if they if she would have been able to warn them yeah that this that you know Anakin might be falling to the dark side but so there's multiple there's so much nuance there because one it it, it is focused on her relationship with the Jedi and the council. And of course they're hubris. Uh, but also like, I don't know if she's fully, she still doesn't believe it. You know, I still think she's at this point where she's she like, no, I can't even, that would even happen. yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even, you know, and I don't even know after she feels when she's, you know, later when she's on the bridge and you know, you hear the dialogue from revenge of the Sith and she's like grabbing her chest, like, Oh my gosh, something bad has happened. I don't even know if she still fully accepts it then because when you fast forward to Rebels, which is also a good show, it's not as good as Clone Wars. Right. You know, they have a duel there and they sense each other at some point mm. and she's just like, <gasps> I mean, when they find, when she senses Vader. So, I mean, I don't know if she like fully ex- even just really accepts the mm. truth until years later, you know, even though it's kind of right there in front of her as far as the forces showing her. 
I, I just like politically where she's at in the, at this stage in the timeline and how perfect it is to tell this kind of story. Like I think there's no other Jedi. There's no, no one with force sensitive powers that could have told the story quite the same because she is aloof. Like she's outside of the bounds of yeah. all the politics that's going on. And I love that. It's so, so perfect, uh, perfect storytelling. Um, Jack, one of the things we talked about on two episodes ago was they kind of set up this idea. I think it was Obi-Wan that or Yoda. No, I think it's Yoda that tells Ahsoka like, Hey, you, you need to get in touch with Anakin. Like there's something going on. I can't quite place exactly where, where his head's at, but emotionally he's going, he's going to a, a dark place. Um, I need you to get in, to- in, in contact with him. I need you to get him, you know, on a hollow call type of thing. Right. And she, as we learned from the last couple of episodes, that never happens. She never actually gets the chance to do that. Um, did you want to see that? What do you think she would have said? Like what, what that scene that we never got that got teased, but we never got, I feel like that tease. And then, um, just basically what we've been talking about, like her inability to contact him is probably what the storytelling is pushing toward. Maybe she, honestly, she probably does have some sort of effect. Maybe it doesn't fix it completely. Maybe there's a different result, but like, I think that basically, I think the storytelling is leading you to know, Hey, if she could have, right, something different would have happened. She didn't, so it didn't. But I think it was like I think they're that's just their nod of like, hey, in the grand scheme, we really intend you to understand. Like Ahsoka could have had an impact with Anakin, but she wasn't able to. So now he's, uh, you know, jerkwad. Yeah, yeah, mass killer. Yeah, like, like she could have prevented everything that happens yes. possibly I mean, we, we'll the young know. ones you even kill the young young ones the younglings yeah and uh <laughs> you know i was speaking of that i was wondering if we were going to get a little more of that like scene of anakin you know in the, new in the added jedi, graphics <laughs> jedi, in the uh, jedi own temple own. but star wars is filled you know and i've, I've thought before about anakin, play catch with me again <laughs> <laughs> okay you're back um I, but i can't see anything with this with the shield down <laughs> Uh, Sorry, so I'm done yet. It's, it's okay. And scene. And scene. Uh, no, I, I lost my uh, lost my train. Well, Star Wars is full of that kind of stuff, and I, I'm it, it fit well because you know there's Revenge of the Sith is all about that tipping point of Anakin and the and the the psychology of being manipulated and like what you yes. know. So honestly, the whole thing of like, oh man, if Ahsoka just could have, but that's all Revenge of the Sith is. Oh, if this just would have happened, or if this would have been just a little bit different, or if somebody would realize this, like there's so much that just had to happen perfectly for Anakin to fall to the dark side. You know, just but I've also thought about all the things. In Star Wars, like, okay, so if the snow monster would have eaten Luke at the beginning of, you know, okay, oh, th- it's over. Sure. You know, like, there's all of these things that it's like, oh, if the stormtrooper would have shot Han Solo in the docking bay in episode four, then he would have never made it. You know, there's like all of these things that had, that's, right. you know, Star Wars has to, and then of course the sequel trilogy just takes that to, you know, oh, the Millennium Falcon's on Jakku, of course it is. You know, where Rey is, who is Palpatine's granddaughter. Ship and I, over you know, here. And this I get it, like, ship. it's the will of the force and all that, and you have to suspend belief at some point, but it's like, out of all of the things that Star Wars does to where, you know, you're like, okay, if this would have happened, then the story's over. You mm. know? Uh, I think the Ahsoka thing is is on the the high list of well of things that are well done versus things that aren't well done right. in the in the Star Wars uh, universe. So the, so the way they escape, if I can go back to the sure. episode here, yeah, yeah. the way that they uh, escape was was pretty intense. I think the third episode was better overall, you know, when Order 66 is executed and 
uh, her saving Rex. I agree. I, th- I think the, the fourth episode in this, this four episode arc is just a lot of action. Yes. Um, and there's not a lot of plot development going on, but it was, it was really exciting to watch, but yes. it's, it, it just, I think it just felt like if, if you watch these four as a whole and just didn't just watch just that one episode on that one day, which came out on star Wars day, by the way, May yes. 4th, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, Monday more is a Monday <laughs> of all days. Yeah. But, um, yeah, watching all four back to back in the in the theater, you get more of a cohesive yeah. kind of ebb and flow of you know plot, then action, plot, and then action. This episode was like really heavy on action, so I think yeah, I think I agree. Episode three was my favorite episode, but episode four, though, especially with the way that it ended all the way at the end, which we'll talk about in a second, yeah, yeah, um, was really cool too. But yeah, it was just a lot of action. But yeah, her jumping from like ship to ship and trying to get it back into. Rex's the, the ship that Rex is piloting and the droids dying that yeah. really that got to me <laughs> well, that bothered uh, me and I was going to say this earlier the you know Clone Wars another thing droids have been a huge huge thing on Clone Wars and so it was kind of mm-hmm. appropriate that those three droids help her in the way that they help her uh, and then it sucks that they die. Yeah, but I almost she also like, humanizes those droids. In the few episodes prior, when she goes to the droids for help, because the, the Siege of Mandalore is a very, uh, it, it's much more dark, it's much more intense, it's much more adult. Uh, and so when she goes to the droids, I'm like, uh oh, are things about to get goofy? You know, because sometimes droids are comic relief, or yeah. you know, it kind of just gets. Oh yeah. And so I had a moment there where she went to the droids, and I was like, uh oh, is the this tone? Is the, yeah, is the tone yeah, about yeah. to change, or how's this going to go? But I think it was it was really well done. And by the time the droids were actually killed, which if this tells you something, they didn't even show the droids being like they're not humans. Like so, we'll I, right. we'll see in all in graphic de- well not graphic detail, but like you get close clones getting decapitated and their arms coming off but and we like, can't you, but we can't see the <laughs> droids getting blasted droids. apart right it just shows we couldn't you, do we couldn't dare do that right it, it, it but should, it just shows you by that point in the arc how i think you're attached so they're like oh this is too intense well yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they are you hear in, them screaming even the astromech <laughs> even these astromech droids which are not as uh anthropomorphic as like a c-3po or whatever yeah. feel human to us like we 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 don't want to see these characters and we've die. never met them before the arc <laughs> right like exactly. these are brand new droids you know but i'm like oh r7 why did it have to end so early for you so young i did love how they were um (laughs) they were involved in the combat like Uh in a in a uh you know where they were controlling the floors yeah yeah yeah. they were literally like smart like pushing uh clones into the air like with the floor and stuff like that was really cool to watch it was very cool and also the scene where uh ahsoka puts her lightsabers on the ground and does a big circle to cut a oh, hole yeah. through the floor. That is, there's a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith. It's at the beginning of the movie where Obi-Wan and Anakin use that exact same tactic to get away from General Grievous when they're surrounded, That's but cool. it was cut. Oh, cool. And so that was a callback to that uh, deleted scene. I love cool. General Grievous, by the way. Yeah. He, I wish he would have got, have you ever seen the uh, Clone Wars cartoon dude, that happened before brutal. the... Um, In that series, he is Oh my gosh, he's beast. a monster. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's a monster. I think that's a very... Uh, underexplored character in yeah. the in the universe, and I think yeah. he needs a little bit more. But yet another pawn fleshing out in the yet, Emperor's. Uh, that's absolutely scheme. right. Just another pawn. Isn't that crazy? But in in the Revenge of the Sith movie, because he's not in Episode Two, and then so the beginning of Re- Revenge of the Sith, you're like, okay, here's another guy. He's bad. <laughs> he twirls lightsabers. Yeah. And I just watching before all the Clone Wars stuff, I always I was like, why why is he is he here because Dooku gets killed at the beginning, and you need another villain. Yeah, and he was just to me kind of a filler. I didn't like him until yeah. the Clone Wars. So, and I thought that 
the Clone Wars, if there's one thing I think they didn't do well, and that was develop Dooku as a character. Mm. I w- you know, he's just and kind like of... His, his fall from the Jedi Order. And yeah, then, and, and then, you know, he's just kind of like, I am a bad guy. I am orc- And I'm like, there's so much more... trained by Yoda? Wasn't he trained by Yoda? I feel like I read that. Uh, no, okay. Was he trained yeah. by Qui-Gon? Yeah, he, he was, he was Yoda's, Yoda's apprentice. Qui- Yoda's Qui-Gon apprentice. was his apprentice, I think. That's what it was. Yeah, Qui-Gon yeah, Jinn was right. Dooku's apprentice, but yeah. he D- was but Yoda's D- apprentice. Yeah, yeah. D- Yoda trained D- Dooku. Dooku <laughs> trained Correct. Qui-Gon. So yes. This episode has been great because we had a <laughs> who would win scenario. We had a who would win scenario, and now we just went down some uh, the Jedi tr- learning tree <laughs> as well. <laughs> who tra- so good. Someone so trained, who then trained Obi-Wan, who then yes. trained Anakin. Who then yes. Trained, yeah. Which you would be fun to talk about that forever. And I'm sure there's podcasts out there that if they heard they this conversation, they'd be like, well, these guys don't know anything they're talking about. Well, yeah, because there's been a few, like, as we've been talking, there's, like, a species that I didn't know to mention or, you know, a planet, and I'm like, somebody out there is going to listen to this and be like, it's the blah, blah, blah thing. Like, <laughs> and that's okay. Like, I, that's why I said the disclaimer at the beginning. Like, I'm more, I'm definitely above average, but I'm nowhere near as deep. Like, I know you've met my friend Adam, who oh, yeah, yeah, is he just, is, like, yeah. an encyclopedia of Star yeah. Wars, and I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh, he makes me feel, you know, yeah. He's probably one that's listening to this, and if he's listening to this, he's like, why, why aren't I on that? Which that is true. He's, like, he's like, actually, Darth Maul's midichlorian count is this compared to Vader. Well, like, why isn't he? I mean, he should have been on. We should have been on here. So, I mean, we could phone him, right? Can you, you have his phone, put his phone on? Yeah. Here can we'll, you can you tell me Darth Maul's midichlorian we'll call count? <laughs> so yeah, so Ahsoka gets on that that ship. She kind of does a, a it's kind of the siege of Mandalore type of thing where she's jumping from ship to ship, yeah. d- down to the surface of Mandalore. She kind of does that to kind of get into the ship with Rex and. Um, they, they get in together and, and fly off, and that's that's essentially the last that we see of Ahsoka. Um, and uh, well, no, I'm sorry. They they're on the they're on the ground, and, and they they put all those um, they bury them. Yeah, they bury they, the clones. And it's it's the it's kind of the Mandalorian. We saw that in Mandalorian season they one, put, where like their heads, heads their, their on helmets a pike, are on basically. Pikes, yeah, which I thought that was a cool um, thing that like we saw that in Mandalorian, um, and so we know that those pikes stick around for a long, long time. Obviously, post. Uh, Return of the Jedi, but we actually see it at the end of the season, and then we get that that awesome classic scene with Vader at the end. I I want to go all the way back to Episode One of the season when we were talking about it on the, our show back then. Go back and listen to it. J- Jack and I were talking about like, oh man, are we going to see? Is this going to lead right up to the events of Revenge of the Sith? We were so giddy about just it going up to like literal minute zero of and then finishing there. We not only did we get events that are simultaneous that are side by side parallel yep. to revenge of the sith we get a scene that happens after revenge of the sith in the clone wars which i never would have thought that was yeah. ever going to come right um darth vader is actually a credited character in clone wars not anakin but darth vader is actually in the show in those last few minutes so um talk about that just kind of seeing him and that's really cool what uh, that meant uh, it was a good job of uh again storytelling kind of going beyond like the uh just what you saw in the end of this, and he thinks she's dead. She's he's assuming she's dead, right? Correct. Yes, that's and that's why she left the lightsaber there, is so that way he would or the Empire, whoever, would assume that okay, we we, we if, even if we find out that the ship was the last place she was, which I guess Anakin probably would be able to deduce that. Uh, oh, her lightsaber's here, and if she was alive, she would have taken that with her. So right. mm. yeah, that's why she left it. I it was oh I'm sorry Jack were you 
No, but, I'm thinking right now. Uh, so your... that that ending was just uh, so beautiful. It was oh, awesome because what yeah. here's what I it it encompasses so many things so simply. So you know everybody they crash, all the clones die. You know, and Ahsoka and Rex bury them, leave the pikes. Next thing, it's it's winter now, so obviously some time has passed, and, and you who knows, see, maybe a lot of time. And it's stormtroopers, so the clones have been replaced. That is true, long, right? So, so a lot of time. Yeah, so a lot of time has passed. Clones are totally phased out and gone. Mm. Darth Vader comes down, finds the ship, finds which he made that. I mean, he gave Ahsoka that lightsaber, right? Yeah. So there's like some, there's definitely some emotion. You can see the eyes of Anakin Skywalker, you know, through the red helmet. And he's, you know, ignites this blue lightsaber and holds it for a minute. And you can tell he's reflecting. But what I think is cool is like the clone helmet, which was the whole thing where they like painted, you know, Ahsoka's emblem or the way her face is or whatever on their thing was so cool, especially after Order 66, because they're trying to kill her. But they've got this, you know, thing. It's just so well done. So that clone, the clone helmet is sticking out of out of the um out of the snow, you know, symbolizing the Clone Wars, and just like everyone else, they were just pawns of Sidious. Yes. And mm. you see the reflection of Darth Vader, they've been replaced, so, you know, it was just, man. Crazy. What a it way, was what a way so, it was a perfect, dude. with like, the clone helmet right there, how and many, just, it's like, How many shows have you guys seen so well done. that have had, like, let's say more than five seasons, and have stuck the landing like this show? Like, everyone thinks of Lost, obviously, immediately, but like, Blech. I mean, there, there are lots that of- did not, no, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> did you just say that Lost- Struck the landing? No, I, no, I was, I was saying that's an example. He, I think you listened. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 stop, no, no, no. We need to have a whole no, other episode I, about I, the ending of Lost. I, and we can talk about that too. Opinion. I love, I, I love <laughs> Lost, but you're right. Like I the ending know, was still like. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Back I do, to Star Wars. I, know, I do know one human being that actually loved the ending of Lost. Ugh, but come on. It, yeah, for the most part, no, nobody likes it. But um, there is. You can point to so many shows out there that have gone for four, five, six, seven seasons for, like this show, and they just they never end well. Like it's it's nearly impossible to end a show that people have that much time invested in and have everyone be satisfied with the ending Filoni pulled it off oh man. yeah I, I I can't imagine the pressure that he was under to, to, to try to do this right and it, I, it, can you think of any better ending like it, it was literally everything no, that I we mean, wanted like I, I I was blown away I watched those last few frames I was like how did he do it how did he how did he pull this off like it's amazing um I was worried I was too. I, especially, after, <laughs> oh, yeah. After, I was worried. I was worried. I was worried too because you'd be like, "Who? Oh, you know, I ran away from the Jedi. Well, who are you? I'm Ahsoka Skywalker." <laughs> you're like, "Oh no, no. you know, like you're so yeah, you some so weird. Close. You know, right? you were so close." <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, especially after the Martez sisters. Well, and um, we we talked about the very the fir- even the first four episodes, how it took us a couple episodes to lower our expectations. Because we had covered from the Mandalorian, Mandalorian yeah. <laughs> and Mandalorian as a as a show is for me was awesome. Like I, I, we talked about it on the show, so we were excited, and I think we just anticipated well that level. Of course, it's Star Wars, it's so they're gonna have, that, of course yeah. this animated show that you know initially was for kids. Obviously, you know it can obviously match the you know drama of the Mandalorian, which was like dumb on my part to even imagine that. But but once we kind of settled into the Bad Batch, we're kind of like, this is pretty good. Yeah, you know, this is a, I really like for that me the Bad start. Batch was a solid B. Like like those four episodes is a solid yeah, B. Sure. And then you go to the next arc, and it was like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like it's filler. Like it's literally like getting a little worried. If you watched, it felt like season three of, of yeah, Clone Wars. It, well, like yeah, it did. Yeah, you're right. It was like it was like they had a bunch of. 
on a show that had like you know it's Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo's got you know 24 30 episodes a season or whatever I mean making up stuff here but and then they're like okay sure we can go shopping with Zelma on one of these it's great that's great you know Daphne can you know go to a prom whatever <laughs> like you know what I'm saying yeah yeah like, no, no we don't have that much time we only have 12 episodes you're on the final season we're in trouble here <laughs> right right and then to like completely redeem itself oh my gosh unbelievable um can I give some IMDB oh I was I was gonna ask ratings. you I'm glad you have that out because he's been doing IMDB uh are you going to go through all 12? Yeah, I will real quick. Okay, real yeah, quick, that's quick. fine. Because uh, we, we've been doing this with every okay. two, two episodes. It, it'll, it, it will make sense to you. I'm very eager to find okay. out the last two episodes. So episode uh, one, an eight, a Bad Batch, uh, 8.4. Episode two, A Distant Echo, 8.2. Uh, this is stars. This is rated by people on IMDb. Fans, so yep. it's official, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode three, On the Wings of Caradax, a 7.8, which I can see that one being a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, unfinished business, which is the ending of that arc, an eight point five. So a solid rating. The series, by the way, just for reference, the series altogether has an eight point, an eight out of ten. Okay. So the series in general has an eight point ten, an eight out of ten. So fans were pretty happy with that. Yeah. Verse. Oh sure. Um, Gone with a trace, episode five, six point five. Mm, yep. <laughs> deal, no deal. This is episode six, six point two. It's it worse. Episode seven, <laughs> dangerous debt, or uh, i.e. prison life, six. That's the one where basically they start and end in the yeah, same. and yeah. that's yeah. I, I want to say that. that one used to be like five eight or five. Yeah, nine. it was low, and yeah. then it's starting to come back. Apparently, people are like, "Well, okay, we <laughs> were too harsh." Bad. Uh, number eight, together again, seven point two. Okay, you ready for this one? Because I'm all old friends, not forgotten. Episode nine, nine point eight. Wow. Uh, Phantom Apprentice, nine point nine. Oh, I knew that was going to be shattered. High. Episode 11, 9.9, and episode 12, 9.9. Wow. That's, Have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, wow. Like in one season, this... So th- I said this on the last episode, a couple episodes ago, when we last looked at those yeah. da- uh, those da- that data, but um, 9.9 basically means almost everyone gave it a perfect 10. Right. Just ramp it up to... I give it an 11 if I could type of thing. Like that's that shows you how much people love them. That six is the lowest of anything. I mean, that the Siege nine, of Mandalore was the just... Highest. The arc was... I mean, I can't say that it's it's perfect, but man, it is close. I mean, really it is good. just so good. Really, really good. Honestly, so. um, I would go back and watch these last four episodes of the Clone Wars more uh, before I'd watch go go back and even watch the Mandalorian season one, which is saying a lot because I loved Mandalorian season one. But um, the fact that you're getting named characters in those last four episodes, and I, I've said this, this is no surprise to Jack, but like. Ahsoka is a top five Star Wars character for me. You know they're casting her in The Mandalorian, right? Yes, for I'm season, super, yeah, so I, mean, I can't wait. One other thing about Mandalorian, uh, they have cast the guy who played Jango Fett in the prequels Ooh, is coming interesting. back. Interesting. So wow. he's probably going to be Boba Fett. I mean, he's probably going to be wow. the face of Boba Fett. I mean, because Jango awesome. long, interesting. you know, lost his head at this well, point. And so. I, so I <laughs> like this era, the prequel era, and especially around Revenge of the Th- Sith, is my favorite part it's of cool. Star Wars, right? Like, of course, it spans a lot of different eras and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I like the Mandalorian. And I, I'm not going to, I know we're not here to talk about that necessarily, but I like the Jedi stuff. I like the politics stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so the Mandalorian was great. Don't get me wrong. Like, loved it, whatever. But it's just not as appealing to me as, you know, like this arc because it's it's like okay, it's politics it's you know the the prequel mm-hmm. era when you have all these different jedi doing stuff and i'm just not as interested in 
kind of the underworld bounty hunters and uh, just the stuff that the further away you get from yeah. the force, the main vein of yeah, the main yeah. vein that yeah. you know it the less uh, interesting. Well, I have. will say this. I will say this. The I went back and watched about a week and a half ago. I watched Solo again, and that movie. A lot of people were like, eh, "It's not very good." Mm. But I, I will say the arc, that middle four episodes, uh, really play into the solo movie. Yeah, you know oh. he's in it, right? The oh. villain w- appeared in uh, one of the episodes in season seven. Yeah, he's he's briefly shown as as one of the crime. Yeah, so oh, okay. so when Maul so Maul is basically having a, a Zoom call with yeah. the the Pikes. And what's, uh, his, fa- what's what, his face? Yeah, what's that guy? The guy with the scars. What's his name? He's the main. He's the villain yeah, in Solo. I, I, I can't remember his remember. name now. Paul Bettany's character. But he's, right? he's there rep- representing his crime. Yes. Sub-sending. And then yeah. there's also that works for Maul, and that's what that, yes. that's the cool thing about the Solo movie. Like yeah. it all ties that together. You hear about yes. the Pikes. You hear about the Spice. You hear about all the. It's, that was the one. Cool I'll probably thing. rewatch yeah. that again this weekend. Worth watching. It. Yeah, like especially now. Worth, like yeah, especially now. And I watched it, and I was like, okay, well, this doesn't absolutely justify those middle four episodes <laughs> but at least it gives some context and makes it beneficial well and that's what i like yeah. about dave filoni is he's yeah. like hey let's expand Built, the lore yeah. let's tie it all right. in let's yeah. make it appear like it's one universe so the third uh character was uh, I, and i his name starts with an x so i'm not it's like prince zizor uh, yeah, he's yeah, part yeah. of the black sun he is uh, the main antagonist in the Shadows of the Empire, right? The, the expanded universe, the extended universe, which is stuff. occurs between um, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, That's and cool. is all about you know Han Solo's transport and them trying to rescue Han Solo. But in that movie, uh, basically, or no, it's not a movie; it was a in the '90s. It was a dry run for the marketing campaign of Episode One, and so they they had a book, they had a video game, and they had a, like a graphic novel, comic book series. Yeah, they did all Star Wars stuff without actually having a movie. It's called Shadows. Shadows, Shadows of the, of the Empire. Empire, and it was yes. on Nintendo sixty four video game. Okay, and there was good. Like I remember playing it. It was good and a novel, and yeah, and so there's a there's characters that don't appear in anywhere else. There's a Han Solo esque. Uh, smuggler named Dash Rindar that appears. Uh, and Man, then, it's like Blast from the Past. Oh, yeah. So remember this Prin- now. Yeah, Prince, yes, Prince Zizor. So essentially the Emperor elevates this crime lord, Prince Zizor, up to almost an equal uh, level of Darth Vader because he's trying to tick Darth Vader off and, and they're trying to basically compete with each other for the Emperor's you know attention and, and influence and whatever. Uh, and so it has a Shadows of the Empire has a lot to do with the with the crime world and the huts and all kinds of you know different stuff. Um, that's where Leia gets the costume that she wears in Return of the Jedi, her bounty hunter costume. Okay. She gets that costume in Shadows of the Empire. Okay. Well, it was it's legends now. It's not a part of canon. Sure. But you know, a, a small small segment of Star Wars fans when they saw Darth Maul talking to Prince Zizor, they're like. <gasps> Please make this like yeah. Do something with Shadows of the Empire because it's a great yeah, story. Yeah. Shadows cool. of the Empire is a really great story. Like he's at the Battle of Hoth. That's where Shadows of the Empire starts. Like he's flying around. You know. Cool. Yeah. So look into. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say read the novel or anything like that, but just you know, give it a good Wikipedia article. That's read awesome. And, I might and, look for the game. Yeah, Shadows. Yeah, I have it. <laughs> if you got it in sixty four. <laughs> I've got Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It was an early. Uh, it, dev- it, it has a different hard. control to it. it like, yeah, they hadn't figured out. 3D but at the time yet, of Goldeneye and at the time of those, I mean, the really good wrestling games that I like so much, like that game came out about the same time and then yeah. Star Fox 64. Was it was just too, a so. few, it came out a few months after um, Mario 64, so you can tell they were still like figuring out. So rough, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's rough to play, but the first few levels. a really cool part of that. I remember trying to think of the, 
the part of that game that I was always like, you got to really play the first fun. level. You literally played in the Battle of Hoth. That's what it is. And it was like, man, to play that in 3D at yeah. the time. So uh, coming back to the Siege of Mandalore, sorry, the oh, it was just there was all kinds of just little things throughout that whole arc that tied so many other things together about Mandalore, about Maul, about, you know, the Revenge of the Sith, uh, about Rebels even. And if you haven't watched uh, Rebels, I don't think you have. No, I need to. Um, You know, I don't know if you're just totally oversaturated with Star Wars. If you just like, you might need a break. I think (laughs) think it's going to be July before I probably get back into Star Wars, but I'm going to start with Rebels. But it's four seasons and kind of like the Clone Wars, the first season of Rebels is a little bit of a slog to to get through. Yeah. Uh, But once you get, you know, halfway into season two, man, you're going to tread through and Rebels just has some really, really great stuff. Maul, of course, is in it and, you know, he eventually fights Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert and, yeah. and so there's a lot of really good stuff. Oh, that reminds me, sorry, go ahead and finish your thought and then I have no, a question. No, that was my, that was the end. Okay, um, so yeah, I did read about that this week about, uh, after ha- having watched that episode, um, read about how they, um, it's not the last we see of Maul. Obviously, he's um, in uh, Solo, a Star Wars movie and then he, briefly, and then uh, we see him in Rebels, more importantly, I've not seen Rebels. I did see like some screenshots of that thing. Yeah. I didn't want to get too spoiled. But um, do we see him in the Kenobi TV series? Which is it? Has it been shelved? Del- um, I think it's just it's, keeps getting delayed. Yeah. But as far as I know, it's it's not been completely. It's, it's canceled. still happening. I don't. Wouldn't think that be awesome? They're not going to do it this year. I would love. To they, see I think that. they were originally shooting for 2020. That's not going to happen. Um, I think we'll get it in 2021. But um, do we see? a live action mall in that show, maybe not for the whole series, just a couple episodes. And if so, it can't possibly be Ray Park, right? That, I, you know, I don't know. That's going to, that's really hard to say because I want, I really want to say yes. And I think they're going to be like, okay, we kind of have to do this. But uh, if, unless you break the lore, it's going to be really hard because it's clear when they meet in the desert at rebels that they haven't seen each other since then. So okay. if you're going to include him in the show, I guess you could like, you know, show him hunting for Obi-Wan the whole time. But it's like, how do you, there'd be no payoff, right? Because right. them actually, unless you they just recreate the scene. So I, you know, that's a good question. I, I, I don't it, know. Do we know for, sh- for sure that Ken- Kenobi occurs before the events of Rebels? It's 15 years, I think, after, or like, or it's like right, it's after Revenge. So when, I, does, I, when does that scene in Rebels happen? Is it? It happens right before, uh, not very long before A New Hope. Okay, so it's an old Kenobi then. Oh yeah, he's yeah, it's it's definitely an old Kenobi. Okay. It's yeah. Yeah, maybe we won't see him then. Um, I don't know. I, That's a good question. I mean, the, I, I hope. I would. I love seeing Darth Maul. I would. I would love to see it if they can get someone to play him that would do a good job with it. And maybe it's Ray Park. Maybe they could do anything with CGI. I mean, he is old Darth Maul. At That's that true. Point, he, so yeah, he is quite a bit older here. Yeah. By the way, if you, uh, I have the Son of Darthamir comics that cover what happened to Darth Maul in between. Uh, when Sidious takes him down and yeah. then when he reappears I, again. I read them. Oh, you did? Yeah, I read them about, okay. about a month ago. I really okay, liked them. Okay, cool, yeah. And this, even this, like Darth Maul getting away, there's so much left to do with Darth Maul in between what we just saw on the Siege of Mandalore and when yeah. he reappears in Rebels. I mean, you, this character's not done. No, and I I, I, apl- I would applaud that. I like, oh, I, sure. They, they need to do some more Maul stuff. Yes, agreed. They, this, this, I mean, I, I, I liked him in what we saw of him previously in Clone Wars season four, five, six, whatever. Um, he was great. I loved him in the comics. Um, and then, of course, just little cameos and stuff that we've seen of him. But I want to see more Maul. Like, I, the season seven of Clone Wars has solidified him as one of the greatest villains in all of Star Wars. And I would love to see more of him. My favorite 
moment in the in the what nine films is in episode one when like when Qui Gon and Obi Wan Kenobi go to fight Darth Maul on Nebula. two on one. Yeah, now yeah. you can debate the the rest of the movie if you want to. Yeah, but just like what really just tickles my Star Wars itch is that moment when Duel of the Fates starts playing. Oh yeah, and they're like, "We'll handle this," and they're t- <laughs> oh. I just so absolutely good. love that scene. It's cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd love to see more mall. Um, I don't, I don't think I, it sounds like we won't, we won't get in Kenobi, but um, I don't know. Are, are they doing more rebels? Is that, or is that no. show? Mm-mm, that show's done. That show's and done, and okay. the way that it, the way that the season four ended, I'm not sure. Like they could carry on the story cause they, they brought, well, I guess I don't want to, well, yeah, I don't, I'll, don't I'll refrain. Much, yeah, I won't spoil anything. But like, does it lead right up to the events of a new hope? Not in the same way that the Siege of Mandalore just did with Revenge of the Sith. Okay, gotcha. It's not quite. So some it's space. not quite that close. Right. Okay. But it's pretty close. Of course, we have Rogue One too. That kind of leads right up. But yeah, I would say it would it pro- it leads closer to Rogue One than it does okay. to. Um, okay. Man, like, I, it's 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 really hard for me to talk about yeah. this without spoiling anything. So as far as like characters that you see in that episode, it's it seems like it's. Uh, maybe a lead up to Rebels. well and there are because in rebels there are several original trilogy main characters that appear in right. rebels yeah that gets me excited to watch it for sure so um jack any closing thoughts on uh clone wars i was gonna say season seven of the clone wars but it is literally the end of clone wars i just i thought they grepped it up really well i mean i can't believe that they were able to do that because we've talked about other shows that you're not able to do that with and this thing man um yeah, that's about it. I, I don't see, have a whole lot other than just. It I'd was love really to, cool. to see some interviews with Filoni because I, I I saw that he did an interview like five days ago and stuff like I, I like I would love to get kind of get his thoughts on the series as a whole. So, uh, did you watch? The, I haven't seen it. Emergency Awesome. Did he talk about this thing? Um, just did I mean, you watch the wrap yeah, up of this? What was I, his thoughts? I mean, he loved it. Like he was over the moon with it. He, of course, was t- just geeking over all the Revenge of the Sith nods and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's. Cool. it's it's unbelievable. I that that supercut of I, honestly, I'll probably watch it. Like when some fan, I, they legally they probably can't, you know, just put it out. And there think about that. Like but, just another thing that solidifies how bad of a dude Emperor the Emperor Palpatine is. Well, yeah, and and I I, I was going to mention this actually about thirty minutes ago. And I I um we were talking a mile a minute, and I and I, I um, didn't get a chance to say anything. But like the there is a moment where not just Ahsoka is, is like through the forest is sensing all the things, all the details that are going on in Coruscant, but Maul also senses it at the same time. And (laughs) he laughs at one point and basically says something to the, I can't quote it exactly, but something to the effect of, um, I always knew that the plan was going to end this way. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And now that I see order 66 and understand that this is, he's like, it, it makes perfect sense from how brilliant. Yeah. He says it's brilliant. Yeah. Like he's, he's just in awe of of Palpatine in that moment. It's crazy. Even how such a, okay. Animation is obviously much harder than live action to convey Mm -hmm. emotion. And I was thinking that when, you know, Maul is in his little envelope, thing that he's in yeah. little anti which even that ties in because the mandalorians historically fought against jedi and force users and so they had one of these like leftover you know mm. you can't use the force envelopes that uh-huh. they had maul in <laughs> and so he's in there and his eyes are moving that's the only thing you can see yeah. but there's so much emotion that's conveyed through his, and his eyes hot breath on the uh, glass. yes and i'm just like the attention to detail in this is just incredible for an animated show yeah 
man, they did such a good job. And, you know, the, to just sum up my thoughts, the, the Clone Wars series it is the best, is my favorite piece of Star Wars, hmm. this, this show and the seven seasons of the show. It, there are times where it dips a little bit. The first couple seasons, you can tell they're like, we made this for kids. And then in season <laughs> three, they're like, I feel like more adults are watching right. this. So Anakin's <laughs> going to cut someone's head off right now. And we're going to talk more about the nuance of politics. And, you know, they start kind of getting a little more. You can, kids can still watch it. But you can tell that they're like, okay, we're gonna we've got to up, up the we're Annie gonna up bit. this Annie a little bit, and there you know is nothing I have not consumed better Star Wars than this show. Highly recommend it to anybody. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've probably at least watched the Siege of Mandalore, right? Which is fine. I I would introduce somebody to Clone Wars using this. That's cool. And then tell them to go back and start from the beginning. Yeah. Because you can just say, look, you know, this was his apprentice and, you know, and use it to hook them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, it, there's there's nothing better about Star Wars than the Clone Wars series. So episode one of season one came out in October of 2008, uh, 12 years ago. So uh, it's been a long time in the making. making obviously, it took a six-year gap um, from season six to season seven. But... Um, yeah, 12 years, 12 years ago, Dave Filoni, like, would he have even seen, like, could he have even predicted how it would end up like, you know, seven seasons later and stuff like that? Probably not. I, I think he was probably just excited just to do Star Wars at all back then Oh yeah. and to see how he's crafted this thing into what is for a lot of people like yourself. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you as some of the best Star Wars you know, media that we have period, um, is really, it's hats off to him, man. Like I can't, I can't imagine the task. I wish that, uh, Dave Filoni and to a certain extent, uh, Favreau, I wish that they would just take over Lucasfilm and yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, they will. I don't want to get into all the, like Kathleen Kennedy stuff and some of the decisions that were made, but it's like, it just, to me, you look at the stuff that Dave Filoni is a part of and you're like, Everybody likes this, and it's really, really good Star Wars. And, and then you look at the other stuff, and you're like, yeah. "I know it made money, but like we, we could do uh, a, whole, a whole episode on seven, yeah. eight, nine of the oh, movies. Sure. Oh, yeah, I and mean, that's like a two-hour conversation. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, the way I think I'm just almost, trying to give Dave Filoni credit of oh, how absolutely. good he is. That and he I, he could have been in charge of the sequel trilogy, right. and I think it would have turned out wonderful. Oh, absolutely, I agree. And I, I think a lot of whether you like individual movies, you know, seven, eight, nine, better than others, whatever. That's a whole conversation. I think most Star Wars fans that have been with the series since the 70s, 80s, 90s um, would probably agree that they just were not a fan of how those those stories were handled on at a ma- at a macro level. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like that that there wasn't one director or one sh- shot caller. Like it was literally just this person do this, this person do that. We're going to try to gel it all together. It was the opposite of Dave Filoni's approach, which is everything needs to fit into the lore. And there's care taken, like there's care taken with the product. Like, like I feel like, and I like JJ Abrams and I'm, I'm not ad, I'm not adverse to his two movies. Well, it's long, you know, I've talked about (laughs) last Jedi till my face is blue, but anyway, um, but it's one of those where I feel like Filoni and you said John Farver too, like, that would be if if the ideal. news came out today that, that Dave Filoni was taking over, I'd be gr- I'd Kathleen be so Kennedy's, excited. Like it would be that would be awesome. I, well, I would be like that yeah, was that the fits. key in the um, Marvel universe, like like Continuity. Kevin, Kevin Feige being in charge of things. Yeah, and here's the boss. Here's who's in charge. Here's the vision. 
and that's what we're going to do and 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 sticking to that the strength of feige's command has been that um like literally directors have dropped off of a couple of the movies because of disagreements with feige and it's because he was so unwilling to budge on no this that's not where we're headed that's not where this is going yes and and i applaud even though i hate to see directors you know jump off of projects and stuff in the middle of shoots um to has off to Feige for saying no I'm sticking to my guns and this is I can see the right. greater picture it's a better product see. it's a better product when yeah, you and take to, care of what, it's, need what someone, where they're headed and I'm not saying Kathleen can I, I don't know anything about Kathleen I'm just saying we need someone and I think that Disney I'm hoping Disney has learned has heard loud and clear from the fans over the last couple of years even and is going to make those changes. Who knows if they will, but I think it, they would be, have to be tone deaf to not know yeah. that something needs to change as far as, of course, what, I mean, what what's do. done is done too. I mean, there's, I yeah. mean, Carrie Fisher's gone. You've already made the sequel to like, you've already kind of, you know, now your pivot's going to be what's next. Like what's, what, what, what's, and of, they, of an, they've said uh, any new eras. What, what what's next? And it may be a long time. They've like, said definitively that there's no more Skywalker stuff. I mean, we're we're yeah. moving on from that whole right. thing. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a new era for Star Wars. I have no idea what's next. No one knows. But um, I I really hope that the, at least far as like producer level, like mm-hmm. grand picture, you know, macro level stuff, that they have some better ideas going. They've forward. just announced a Binks trilogy. It's uh, <laughs> it's just called Binks. Uh, it's, it's Jar Jar. There's rumors that he's uh, going to at least make a small appearance in the Kenobi show. Where he force pushes him off a mountain. <laughs> I am not... A, I'm, oh, I, you know, it's a Obi-Wan! Ah! <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not as big of a Jar Jar hater. I'm, I'm okay. It makes me laugh. Like the, I actually the, would it, like to see He's Jar-Jar. trope now. Like he is... Like it's <laughs> it's fun now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Urkel annoyed people too, but now when you think of Urkel, what do you think? Oh, that's great. Nostalgia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh Urkel. Yeah. No, great. I, I understand. But Golden uh, Girls. You know, it's Betty White. Look at I Betty White, how popular she is. I am really uh, looking forward, especially knowing that Filoni's involved in seeing Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it's like we saw her there, we see her in Rebels. And Sounds then, like you're going to get a lot of. They're going to start being some it's major some cameos no now. Actress, that, which it's, is be awesome. it's Rosario Dawson. Like I, I know, I, I think she's going to be a, a huge part yeah, of that. She'll show. make a lot. It makes a lot of sense. And she's been wanting to play Ahsoka Tano. Like she's at, been openly like advocating for, hey, if you do this in live action, please. Use oh, it. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's great. Yep, and she'll fit. It'll make sense. Cool. And she's the right age for it. We talked about that already. Like she's, I think we looked her up. She's 40. Like, you know, in the timeline. Yeah. It makes sense. Correct. Um, Ahsoka's a little, because I think at the beginning of the Clone Wars, she's like 14. Yeah. She's super young. Yeah. She was super young. And it showed, and honestly, she got, a, she was not a very well liked character when the Clone Wars started. Yeah. And Dave Filoni was like, just give her time. Like we want to develop her arc. She's kind of supposed to be this, you know, she's super, supposed to kind of give Anakin a run for his money because you give Anakin this oh Anakin Skywalker's getting a Padawan oh that's a great oh man that blows my mind it was a a 14 year old girl with sass you know like this you know fine you know like I'll go do it myself you know like and it okay she was annoying but it fit and it was good for Anakin's character arc and obviously she you know came to her own and so I I did like I watched the Clone Wars and I thought it was okay, but season one and two, man, is, especially going back and rewatching it is is hard. Yeah. yeah, it's those first few, and that's what why almost now I would introduce somebody to Star Wars with or with to the Clone Wars yeah. with the Siege of Mandalore yeah. because if I go here's when they rescued Jabba's son. Oh my gosh! And they'd be like, what the like I like Star Wars, but this kind of sucks, and this looks like it's for kids. <laughs> this like sucks. Yeah. you know, so I was like, no, but. Watch this. For, we all better. know how it is. It's okay. Yeah. It gets so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what is uh, this is gonna be? A I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh, that was the very God. first deal. Yeah, it was a movie too. It was like a two-hour thing. Oh my! I can't gosh. wait to see more Ahsoka, and the fact that we're getting it this year um, gets me really pumped. So, um, here's my last question for you, Jake, before we sign off here: um, Why does Anakin call her Snips? Uh, because in that original episode where they rescue Jabba's son, she like mouths off to him, and he was like, "Don't get snippy with me." And then, like, drive me bonkers. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Line. And then, basically, like, it just kind of stuck, and he called her Snips. And for a while, she was like calling him Sky Guy. Yeah, and I thought that was dumb. That was dumb. I and, remember but that. They, and they dropped that eventually. You know, well, but, and uh, they kind of dropped Snips. Guy. I think he calls her Snips yeah. maybe one time in season five or something like that. But yeah, it's, but he it's, does for a long as she ages when she much because they just start yeah. calling each other Ahsoka and Anakin. You can see the respect that right. they have for each other rise. But yeah, that's because that's been one of my one of the most beautiful things in that series for me has been uh, Ahsoka uh, backing up and defending Anakin all the mm-hmm, way. Like mm-hmm. even even when he goes full dark side, like in this in season seven, and and people are starting to really question his motives and stuff like that. She's like, no, not Anakin. Like she she's yeah. like, I know him. He wouldn't do that. And I love that about her. Like she is so so trusting, and there's no there's never any romantic between the two of them. And I I love that they didn't even try to introduce anything weird because he's married and all this kind of stuff. But like like she, but but as as close as a as a male and female can get without romantic uh-huh. involvement is yeah. how they got in that series. And I loved that. Like they just. I think it would have been cool during this uh, Siege of Mandalore arc if there would have been some kind of conversation or interaction between Padme and Ahsoka. Because mm. in Revenge of the Sith, you know, Padme is clearly worried about Anakin and is like, you know, oh, oh you know, yeah. Obi-Wan. Like, and that was one of the only things I thought might have added a little bit of something is if the two of them, because those are those two people, Ahsoka and Padme, are the two people that care about Anakin the most. Sure. And if they would have been able to have, a, even though she couldn't talk to Anakin, if she could have talked to Padme and they would have been like, oh yeah, da 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 da. Because you never really see, you know, you just, it's been a while since I've watched the whole series and you just rewatched it. I don't, I don't recall any like super meaningful interactions between Ahsoka and Padme. They're kind of during, two separate worlds. Yeah, they're it? almost like two separate worlds. Yeah. And so I was wondering. They're certainly in the same room this, quite a bit, but they don't have a lot of like solo interactions. Correct. Yeah. And so to have that like mutual, like we're yeah. worried about Anakin, he's important to both of us kind of conversation, I think that could have it's added It's funny to think about Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin not really. I mean, how many times have they even talked to each other this season? Not, I mean that episode one of the the Bad Batch. Oh yeah, one. and there's that scene where, and I thought this was interesting, where he's like, you know, having a conversation with Padme, and basically he's like, oh, how was Padme? Like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, I know that you were yeah. talking to her. It's like, dummy, you got to know, you know. And then in Revenge of the Sith, he's like, Anakin is the father, isn't he? And it's like, are you just now kind of like putting all this together? But they in- don't, they don't really have time in episode nine because in episode nine you, you see the two of them. Oh, it's, it's all of a Mace and Yoda. Yeah, and, and Obi Wan and Anakin are in the same room yeah. together, and they're they're discussing battle tactics with each other. Yeah. But then Obi Wan like immediately has to go deal with. But I mean, that series in general, like there's times when those two are together a lot. They're pretty like, buddy buddy. Yeah. But they, and and they, that's good. It fleshes that out because the movies did not do a good yeah. job at showing their camaraderie. Yeah. yeah their their relationship that starts true. dwindling pretty good even by season five. Right. <clears throat> season six, they're they're not they're really not hanging out very much. Yeah. Um which is why again I wanted to see and uh, there was part of me that wanted to see an Ahsoka Anakin even a hollow call like in episode ten or eleven. 
of season seven because of their longstanding relationship and how much he trusts her opinion on stuff. Like he doesn't trust her opinion at all in the first couple seasons, but that quickly changes as the, as the series goes on. And so, but like you said earlier, I think you, you actually absolutely nailed it. Had that conversation occurred, we might not have seen, you know, that would have started an alternate timeline of <laughs> events. <laughs> so another, another cool thing that they did in, in their, an earlier episode was when they talk about Satine and, mm-hmm. you know, basically Obi, you know, someone can, I don't remember what the context was now, but they basically was oh, like, yeah. Hey, remember, you know, Satine and you kind of had feelings for her. And he was like, yes, I did. But I didn't let that, you know, get in the Probably way of judgment. like what I was but, doing. Yeah. And then they, they pan for just a few seconds to Anakin and Anakin gives Obi-Wan this look. And I was like, Ooh, there's so much there because <laughs> it's essentially was uh, o- Obi-Wan could have made similar choices and allowed his, you know, romance with Satine to cause him to make different choices, you know, and disobey the Jedi order yeah. and have a forbidden love and all this stuff. But he made the opposite choice of what Anakin but, made. And I love how they put that in and they showed Anakin got giving Obi-Wan the side <laughs> eye about like, oh yeah, that's cool for you that you made that choice, but whatever, dude. But I feel like in some weird way, like, okay, Anakin makes the choices he makes that creates Darth Vader, that creates the Phantom Apprentice, quote unquote, the it, it creates this bad, the Sith win, basically, right? You, then you have the Jedi Order that they're so regimented in, this is our belief, we will not have feelings for anybody, we're going to be basically Gregorian monks and not have, we can't have relationships with women, we can't have relationships with men, we can't have anything at all. It must be this way. And I don't feel like, like, there's some happy medium in the middle where maybe if you had feelings and you weren't a robot Jedi, you could have seen maybe this coming or maybe you could have uh, done that. But that's not the story we were meant to see. Apparently. Well, and so. that's uh, there's Qui-Gon Jinn was kind of in that uh, flavor. And, you know, Ob- Obi-Wan even is like, Qui-Gon, why do you, you know, b- defy the council this way? And why it's do you a little more hippie? Because and, if, and the more, more hippie you look in into the lore about Qui-Gon Jinn, Qui-Gon Jinn was like, look, the, what the council is not as important as the force itself there you go and the will of the force and what the force wants and you know of course he was into prophecy and that kind of stuff and i mean qui-gon jinn was one of the greatest jedis but he was not on the council and there was a reason for that because he was like mm. i i'm not into all this i want to yeah. do i'm into the will of the force yeah so there's a lot of credence to what you're saying and and part of how they got you know so regimented and stuff was what that's why ahsoka left the order yeah that's part of what obviously you know Anakin's fall to the dark side. And I think and Palpatine knew that to play that against course, him. That's their weakness. Of course. And then that's what the dark side is about is like, hey, fe- let your emotions fuel what you're doing. The Sith right. is like the complete opposite of that, where it's like, no, don't deny yourself, embrace it and like let it out. And that's where your power comes from. And I think that's, you know, you can say what you want about The Last Jedi, but that's one of the things I liked about uh, Luke Skywalker's arc in The Last Jedi was he basically tries to make that point to Rey. Is he's like, don't you understand it was the Jedi's hubris that allowed Darth Sidious to rise and the creation of Darth Vader and, you know, the light and the dark and balance? Like, you got to have kind of that in-between point. It's And so, anyway, yeah. Hmm. Cool. All right, sorry. I side note sometimes. No, I, love, I love Star Wars, dude. <laughs> I, I love talking about Star Wars. I can talk about Star Wars for dude. two more hours. Um, so uh, I think that's going to wrap up our conversation on the Clone Wars. Uh, it's hard to believe it's over, but 
is completely wrapped up as of now. Uh, we are going to divert from Star Wars for a while. We've been <laughs> on a lot of Star Wars kick uh, over the last few months, starting with The Mandalorian. And then um, I talked about episodes two and three of the movies. And we talked about Rogue One. And then, of course, Clone Wars. So I think we're going to take a break from Star Wars stuff. We may get back into some more things. Although, I don't know if you guys saw on Disney Plus the, the making of The Mandalorian uh, just recently came out. I yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I want to watch I that. I haven't seen it. I, I'm excited. That's it, awesome. It's, it's pretty good. I think I think I'm going to watch it this week. We don't have to make the the episode next week because um, we just talked about how we've just been on a lot of Star Wars uh, with Disney Plus and there's uh, lots of other things to talk about. So. Is it done documentary style like Tiger King? I haven't watched Sorry, it. it no, no, it's more of like a. Beh- a it's more of like a behind the scenes something that you'd Sorry. get. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more fleshed out because I mean it's and they've uh, they're doing it the same way where they release it week by week. Okay. And I think there's going to be eight episodes. So okay. um, I think the first one was like 45 minutes and the next one's 38 minutes. But it's just, it's basically they just a behind the scenes view. Dude, cool. so Disney knows how their their bread is buttered. <laughs> like they're they're going to keep the Star Wars stuff going if they can. Even if it's, I'm, fi- I'm totally <laughs> yeah, fine I'm, with yeah, that. I'm, I'm good with job, it. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, I think we're going to, um, I think just end the episode here. We, we usually talk about what else are you watching on Disney Plus and talk about what we're going to talk about next. I think we'll... Um, uh, maybe just get some ideas from the audience and kind of see what people want to hear about next. But uh, we've got several ideas that we might cover and we'll, I think we'll just talk about that off air. So um, Jake, thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. Before we sign off though, can you tell people just uh, give like a two or three minute pitch about uh, PB and J? Yeah. And, and before you even say anything, I want people to know I've not, not been paid, you know, under the table by Jake to say this, but uh, PB and J is on, truly one of my favorite podcasts. I you even have our bumper sticker on your car. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I've listened to every single episode of the show. I really like it. I was actually just trying to get um, one of our friends the the, uh, the, uh, the other day uh, to tune in. I was trying to get more listeners for your show. So, um, but yeah, tell tell people about um, your show and why it's so. So awesome. yeah, my main podcast is called PB and J Politics with Brian and Jake, and it is a show rooted in civil political discussion. Uh, My co-host, Brian, has political views that are different from my own, and that's a good thing. Mm. So the show is where opposites come together and try to find some common ground on, uh, and or even if we can't do that, try to understand each other. We don't yell at each other. We're not, uh, you know, out to prove each other wrong or right. It's more just to hear each other out and try to understand each other's point of view. And I've, we've been doing this show for about a year. We've had we had to go to hiatus because of COVID uh, nineteen. So we haven't had an episode uh, in a while, but hopefully we'll be restarting up soon. But I I'll tell you uh, in. I have learned so much, not just about some of the different topics that we've covered, but just about myself and, you know, having some of my point of view and belief challenged by sitting across from somebody for, you know, weeks uh, over weeks over the course of a year and just hearing them out, like genuinely listening to somebody who shares a different point of view than me and saying, okay, this person is not the enemy. This person is not trying to destroy America. This person is not, you know, we're not going to name call each other. Um, And I've just really learned a lot about myself and had my views challenged in a good way. And so our listeners have kind of gone along the ride with us on, you know, having both sides of an issue just really... Uh, fleshed out. Brian is more of like a numbers guy, and so he he'll come and be like, "Well, you know, this many people think this in polling, and you know, this number of things has affected, and this many things have been done because of this, and whatever." And I'm more of the historical context 
you know, kind of person and I'll go, well, historically, this is how this happened. And in the sixties, this is why this is the way it is now and why, you know, we haven't changed it or whatever. So him and I just, I think we have this really good kind of mix of personality and we're both goofy as all get out. So there's a lot of like really good, you know, corny humor in there and stuff. And, uh, we, we try not to take it too seriously. You know, we're very, it's a serious show. We talk about serious topics, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously during that you know some of these pretty like heavy topics sometimes you know that people really like it you know passionate about so we try to yeah. keep it keep it light in that aspect so yeah thanks uh, for the thanks for the time phil uh, to pitch the absolutely show. i and and i'll say this about the show too just to add on like uh and jake knows this but um i am politics averse like i i just i can't stand to, to watch the news um uh, so much of it is so biased for me just depending on what channel you watch that it, it's I, I see right through it and it makes me really angry uh and then if you try to find something that is a more of a dis- balanced discussion of like okay let's let's invite someone from the right let's invite someone from the left they end up just screaming at each other for yeah. 30 minutes and I, I just can't watch any of that stuff and so for me literally the only politics that i get is your show is is because i you, you guys are so civil you laugh you find find things that are funny on both sides you laugh at yourselves sometimes about oh, yeah. some of the silly <laughs> things that we believe in uh and it has been an absolute um r- refreshing uh, take on politics for me thanks so man i, 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 I really it. enjoy it it's a, i, I really tell everyone balanced, that i can about it it's a really balanced show and then I like to rip off uh you know fox news is saying for a long time which they don't use this anymore <laughs> for a lot of reasons. It's fair and balanced. But uh, I think that PB&J <laughs> is definitely uh, the most fair and balanced political show you're literally ever going to listen to. We try. That is, a, that is absolutely so, our goal. It's Thank good. you. Very Appreciate educated. It. You guys don't, like I said, the screaming and yelling, like I don't know when in our culture that started. Like, I mean, I know people have had differing views for years and years and years. I mean, I mean, you can go back to the days of our founding fathers they all disagreed but they didn't they didn't all shoot each other now i guess maybe there was something it, it did happen yes it did aaron happen. burr and hamilton definitely shot <laughs> yeah. at each other so i mean we want we we want our listeners to make up their own mind yeah you know what i mean if you come yeah. in and you've already got your own bias and you agree with brian more than me or whatever yeah, no, that's, that's really fine right. like we're not the, the goal is not to change your mind the goal right. is just to yeah. hear out both points of view right yeah i uh, and there's no winner. Like it's not like okay, well Brian won this debate and Jake will, will win the next one or whatever. It's like right. it, it, there's no uh, definitive answer at the end of the no. episodes, and I love that. Now um, he has stopped me so. dead. In my, I mean, there's been times where like I'm trying to prove a point, and he'll be like, "Well, well, then what about this?" And I'm like, uh, "What? Well, you know, that's a really good point, Brian. Yep. And I'm gonna have to rethink that because you yep. just kind of like, and and that's happened to both of us where we've really just gone. You know what? I, I'll okay. You're that, right. That's a fair point, and yep. I'm gonna kind of have to rethink this, and I don't really have a good answer for you. And that's I'm not just gonna make crap up just to try to like prove a point or repeat yeah. myself a hundred times. Like if he has a good point that I haven't considered, then that's great. That's what we want, you know. We're yeah. Trying to hear each other out. Yeah, and you guys agree more than more than uh, I would expect you to. Like oh, on, sure. On, especially on some of those finer details of some of the topic, the grander topics and stuff. You may vote completely different from each other, but yeah. you, you don't disagree as much as. And I think a lot of people agree. Like I think I feel like the majority of us all agree on an overwhelming amount of things. Sure. It's just there's some finite things that people like lose their brains over. Well, and I'll tell you one question that doing the show has answered for me is, you know, you would think, how could somebody believe that way? How yeah, could that, somebody that, think yeah. that way? How could somebody vote that way? Don't they understand that, you know, it, it does this or this or... Well, now I understand how someone could believe that. Mm. Sure. And usually it's not coming from a bad place. Yeah. Like they're coming from a good place and I'm like, oh, like I still don't 
think that that's going to work or I don't think that that train of thought is going to lead where you think it's going to lead in, in practice. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand how you came to that conclusion and I understand the place that you came from was a good place. Yeah. You're, you're not evil just because you think You're not a Sith just because. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> to because, tie this because, all you know, in. Just because you want to embrace being able to have attachments doesn't yeah. mean the Sith are evil. Right. Or, they want order. That's what they want. All Palpatine wanted world was domination. peace and order. Or you know, galactic <laughs> domination for that matter. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're evil. But there are people, there, stormtroopers joined the Empire willingly. Most people yeah, in, some, in some situations. <laughs> some, yeah, not all, <laughs> but yeah. not in all. The First order had conscripts, but a lot of people. I mean, even Luke was like, "I want to go to the academy." He didn't know Uncle any better. Owen. He didn't know any better. <laughs> Biggs was that? Was Biggs his friend? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. They. Yeah. Anyway, the Womp Rats don't even know that they're being shot at. They don't understand what ships are. We've got to look out for these Womp Rats, Phil. All right, we'll okay. take some calls now. <laughs> Line one in Albuquerque. You're on. Timmy. Okay, Phil. Go. Ran this in. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Uh, we went uh, super long, and I love that uh, for this episode. This is uh, an episode I've been anticipating for a long time. So, um, so yeah, good media episode for everyone. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to talk about something not Star Wars. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out as we Star go Trek. along. Uh, if you want to write the show, it's Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think about uh, the Clone Wars or something that you've been watching on Disney Plus or what you want us to review on next week's episode. Just let us know and we'll make you a part of the show. Uh, thanks again to Jake for joining us. It was uh, superb. This was Loved one, it. One of my favorite episodes we've ever done. So uh, thank you so much and we will see you next week.